0: Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? I said, isn't God good? Amen. Come on. Can we give it one more time up for Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Great to be here in the uh, in the countryside here of upstate New York. And uh, we're just here to lift up the name of Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Mark, Katie, and uh, the leadership for allowing me to be here. I'm up in the Elam area, the Elam Fellowship for the uh ELAM fellowship board meeting and so on but uh God is moving by his spirit and uh I thank God for this opportunity to be here you know my wife and I we were living in Harrisburg Pennsylvania uh a few uh, a few years ago actually 37 years ago nysum uh turns 40 years next year and we have trained over 60,000 people in compassion evangelism, they're in the states and they're around the world for the glory of God. give it up for the Lord. amen. So my wife and I were living in Harrisburg and I just felt the Lord do a work in my life stirring us and so Nysom um, had started and my mom, who was Dean of women at Elam for five years, joined the Johansons who started the work of in 1984. And so we came in, and we uh, we just sensed a stirring in my heart, and so Brother Paul Johansson said, Peter, when you come in, just go out in the streets. So there was a street meeting, and we're right in Times Square, right by the police station. My wife and I began to sing, and there was a crowd of people gathered together, and as I lifted up my Bible to preach, 50 pigeons dropped Scud missiles on my body. There we are. That's the Urban Holy Ghost talking about he's be with be be there with us but lord gave me a verse from Isaiah 61 now we know Isaiah 61:1 the spirit of god is upon me but that's not the verse he gave me he gave me uh, Isaiah 61:4 and they shall repair the waste places the desolations of many generations. Listen church, the reason why we need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit not so that we live on the floor but we get up off the floor and we go take nations and cities and towns and communities and and people that are hurting and struggling with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said I am what? The way, the truth and the life. Jesus is still in the saving business. Can I get an amen? Can we give God praise right now in this house? So, uh, right as God encountered us, and we encountered the Lord as it were, uh, we began to uh, itinerate as urban missionaries, and um, it was this church uh, that uh, I was able to share in. Our brother Bob Sorge, he was Uh, in my class at elam and said yes peter come on up and so bob and marcy received us and this church zion fellowship from the time that our brother bob sorge started this church early days back in uh, at least when i came to nice and we left pennsylvania in 1987 this church and i thank you from the bottom of my heart my wife is back in the city and uh, she's taking care of some of the details with the ministry. We've got a great team there. But since 1987, Zion Fellowship has been one of our main supporters of my wife and I who serve on the, in the concrete jungle every day. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Can we give God praise today? <clears throat> so, so what we do at Nysum, we train people in like uh, 45 minutes to an hour and in the classroom. And then when we send you out street meetings, block parties, children's outreaches, we have a food truck on the road, and we send you out with a trained, uh, nice worker. You go in vans, you go in subways, We network with over 100 different pastors and churches in the inner city, many Hispanic churches, Ukrainian churches. We're in all five boroughs of the city. And uh, I didn't bring my lunch here today, but I brought these. uh, This is a backpack. And in August, we do a massive backpack outreach. We give out 1,000 backpacks to inner city kids who are at risk and you know what we're going into the hood in in downtown Brooklyn. We're going into Coney Island. And we're not giving out Nathan hot dogs. We're giving out these school supplies. We're giving out these backpacks and inner city kids children. You should see these little kids come by. They're like uh, their eyes are like saucers. They're not getting it from the from some uh, drug dealer or some gang banger. They they're getting it from the church. And pastors and churches, they say, you know what, without and we don't have the funds. We're just an inner city church. We're just a storefront church. And so partners and friends have an opportunity uh, to help us in that outreach. Pray for, pray for us because uh, we have up and coming, we have our Thanksgiving outreach and at Thanksgiving, we're able to minister to about 3,000 people. We're giving out Thanksgiving dinners. You know, uh, Pastor Mark, 400 turkeys give their lives for this outreach, so there's hope for you and me. Amen? Maybe you'd like to sponsor a dinner. You know, I was coming up yesterday, and I like Dunkin' Donuts and that, and the Holy Ghost will get you across the Brooklyn Bridge. But anyway. So, I like Dunkin' Donuts and I got a medium coffee and one of my favorite apple fritter. They said $6.95. I was like, Are you kidding me? These turkey dinners cost our ministry $1.96. Wow, is right. Mashed potatoes, um, uh, pumpkin pie, turkey, stuffing, vegetable, a beverage. Am I getting you hungry? That's the idea. And uh, we we say, well, does this really, you know, feeding people, what's all that about? We're Holy Ghost Christians, but we got a little bit of Thomas in us. And is it really doing anything? We were in the South Bronx, and we're giving out these Thanksgiving dinners. And this guy, I mean, he was a mess with a capital M, and he was smelly, and uh, he's going by. He's sort of on the sidelines and then people started to reach out to him and then he got in the line and 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 people start to serve him and he gets the food and we said come on over here sit at the table and about a half hour later he gave his life to Jesus Christ hold steady and then what happened after that you can't clap too long cuz Mark put a trap door in here last night he knew i was coming and, and, and what happened after that with worshiping and praising God and then he comes two hours later he's, he's he's coming to one of our leaders take me to the local NYPD police station they said there's no crime that's been committed here he said oh you don't understand I got my life right with God now I gotta get my life right with humanity and I gotta confess you're talking about true salvation all through uh, Turkey Dinner that costs less than a macchiato at Starbucks. Are you with me today? I don't know about you. I want to invest in God's kingdom. Amen? So I have this card here. This card, and if you would like to hear more about what God is doing through NYSEM and our ministry, and Darlene and I, uh, would you just sign up and you'll be able to get this free of charge? Next year, we celebrate 40 years as a ministry of NYSEM. It's only by the grace of God, and uh, we have people right now in Argentina that have taken this ministry. And he called me the other day, Sebastian Senewald. He came from Elam, then he went down to Nisum, Received some training, outreach, and ministry connected with him again during the pandemic. I did a teaching on there. He wants me to come and preach in in Argentina. He said, we've started Buenos Aires School of Urban Ministry. We have 500 students. It's a mini-nism. We took what we learned in New York City, and we're taking Argentina for Jesus. Come on. Can we give God some praise today? So if you'd like to come and bring a team, in fact, uh, when the Johansen started uh, NISOM, it was Brother Bob Sorge, he, he, he sent a team down. I don't know if there's anybody here from that team, but they painted and cleaned and worked. That was the first work team that brought down. So we take, we, we receive work teams because we're always upgrading our campus and also outreach teams would love to have you because guess what, six hours... South of Canandaigua, there is a city of about 10 million people that need the Jesus that we were worshiping and praying and talking about. Are you with me today? Let's go to the Word today. I'd like you to turn with me to page 141 in your Bible. Amen. You know exactly where I'm going. Uh, It's in the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers chapter 13. When you have it, please just say amen. Amen. That's three people. Mark, you got your work cut out for you. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be together in the house of the Lord, be in His presence today, thanking God for the first service and the second service, and thanking Pastor Mark again for his friendship, him and Katie, and and for receiving us together today. It says in Numbers chapter 13, I believe the Lord wants to say something to us today. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give. Say, give. Now say it to your neighbor, give. Now wake up your other neighbor, say, give. Unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers, you shall send every man and everyone a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness into Paran. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Can, I, can we just open up our mouth one more time? Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Lord, you woke us up this morning. You set us upon a path But, Lord, I pray today, Lord, uh, that that the church of Jesus Christ is not to be a monument or a mausoleum. It's a hospital. And may we ask today, Dr. Jesus, come with the paddles upon our hearts today to awaken the Spirit of God within us, awaken every call, awaken every gift, awaken every anointing. Lord, people that uh, have had words and promises that are lying dormant today, God, I pray Awaken Zion Fellowship, we pray, to the purposes by which you've called us. We thank you for the years of foundation, the years of blessing, but we declare in the name of the Lord today that this is a new day for the church of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are the answer. So God, I pray today, awaken, awaken us for the call that you have placed upon us as your church. We pray in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Come on, one more time. Give God praise in the house. So, in verses 5 all the way down to verse 16, you see these are named the 12 tribes of Israel. Every leader was assigned by Moses to go into the promised land and check it out. And uh, take your iPad, your iPhone. Take it. Take pictures. Uh, take selfies. Whatever. Check it out. Now, uh, commentators said that uh, Moses was the pastor of the church, First Assembly of Israel, and uh, how the leadership was set up. Some some commentators say children of Israel between one million and two. How'd you like to be the pastor of a, a million or two million? We can only, you know, when you have a family of two, it's wonderful. Now you have a family of four. Wonderful. Four opinions. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now we have two million opinions. And so how it was administered in structure is that every tribe was responsible for their people. And so he said, oh, we're going to send the leadership. And, and why? is because it wasn't just Moses' idea. Today in the church, we think that if you have skinny jeans, oh, excuse me, skinny ripped jeans and a fog machine, oh, you got the Holy Ghost. Are you kidding me? God is not interested in our fog machine. He shut the whole thing down during during the pandemic. It was shut down. And guess what? Some churches blossom. God said, you know what? I don't need your fog machine. I don't need your choir. I'm going to do a work by my Holy Spirit. Are you with me today? I don't want to follow the crowd. I want to follow the cloud of glory. And when you have the presence of God, look at over there. Where was that? I forget the college. Was it Asbury? They have everything. They have a choir. They have a pipe organ. Churches today, oh, you really want to see the power of God? Rip out the pipe organ. Rip out this. even says, holiness unto the Lord. And people are coming from other countries because it's all, we're hungry for Jesus. Are you with me today? The only thing that will satisfy your need and my need is the, is the presence of Almighty God. So, he sent them in verse 17 of Numbers chapter 13. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, verse 18, whether the people are strong or weak, few or many. Verse 23, they came down to the brook of Eshcol. They cut down the branches and the clusters of grapes, and they bear it between two staffs. They brought back pomegranates, happy meals. They, it says the place was called the Brook of Eshkel because of the cluster of grapes of the children of Israel that cut down. Verse 25, they returned from searching at the land after 40 days. 26, it says, and they came to Moses and Aaron And to the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran of Kadesh, and brought back word unto them. This is what the word was to the congregation. Report says, survey says, uh, there's fruit in the land. Verse 27. We came unto the land where you sent us, Moses. It flows with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. This is a happening thing. Everybody's happy except for, in verse 28, nevertheless, uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem now. Nevertheless, the people, this is what the spies are saying, the people are strong in the land. And the cities are walled. You know, in the cities, people a little intense, right? A little intense, a little in your face. And uh, the people are very great. Moreover, we saw the children of there. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the New Yorkites, the Depressionites, the Uberites, the poorites, the richites. They're in your faceite. Every single ite they saw. But in verse 30, thank God for verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Are you with me today? Caleb says we can do it in spite of the Amalekites, in spite of the poorites, in spite of the Democrats, in spite of the Republicans, in spite of the White House, in spite of the Waffle House, in spite of woke, in spite of depression, in spite of interest rates that may go to 10 or 15%. My God is on the throne. There is no limitation to what God will do. But, verse 31, but the men. Oh, the butt people. The butt people. This may be my last message in this church, but I'm gonna say it. I'll get a little New York on you. Our butts are in the way. But this, but that, but Pastor Mark, you know, I don't know what he's going to share next week. I know it's going to be blessed because he's a blessed, anointed man of God, but he's going to come and share some new things. Don't we like change? Hello? We don't like I don't like you. You don't like that. But guess what? There's four seasons of the year. Whether you rebuke it, whether you come against it, you come against those four-season angels in heaven. Listen, Bubba, the leaves are going to fall. The snow is going to come. Winter is around the corner, but spring is just after it. And then there is fall, winter, spring, and summer. God says, let's embrace what I want to do in your life and in your ministry. That's three amens. But the man that went up with him... We are not able to go against His people because they are stronger than we. Are you kidding me? I mean these guys are wimps. What are you talking about? You just said, are you a little bit, you know, have an out of body experience or something? Maybe these guys need some Holy Ghost King I don't know. First they come, they said, here it is with 40 years. We saw this. We saw God. We brought pomegranates. We brought grapes. It flows with milk and honey, but they're our mucho problemas, but isn't greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world? if God can provide our needs when the interest rates are 2.5%, can he provide when it's 10 or 15%? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The greater the test, the greater the miracle, the greater than the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because we are God's people. We're not to be complainers. We're to be people. of compassion, we're not to be wimps, we're to be warriors in Jesus' name. We're not able to do it. They brought back an evil report. I ask you today, what is your report? Well, nobody knows. The trouble I've seen. Don't you love to be around Christians? We're moving forward in the name of Jesus. But how are you gonna finance it? Do you have a business plan? Do you have an outline? Do you have the? Do you think Abraham had a business plan? God said, "Just step out, look in the sky, and He says the stars in the heaven. That's going to be your inheritance. That is His business plan." So the Bible continues on, and as it started out, the chapter 14 and verse 1 starts out with a promise, a prophetic word, a plan from God, an assignment from God. So it starts out with a promise, and it ends with a lot of pain because it says the men are great stature, verse 33, we saw giants there. It says, in our own sight, there's the problem, in our own sight. Did Jesus ever say, look inward? Hello, are you there? You're getting quiet on me. You know, in New York City, when you get quiet, we don't get too quiet in New York, but the longer you're quiet, the longer I preach. I told Brother Jerry and Patty, lock the doors this morning. You're all locked in. Do you think... Are you kidding me? God is with us. Since God before us, who can be against us? It says, and we in our own sight were like grasshoppers. We're not able to do anything. And chapter 14 should open as a promise as a as the people of God rally around. And guess what? What happens? All the congregation is all whipped. They're all weeping and crying, and now what are we going to do? And guess what? For 40 years, they wander in the wilderness. I don't know about you today. Maybe God gave you a promise, and you're, you're, you're fearful, or you're anxious. Or, it's not going to happen and, and you're wandering. Guess what? God says your days of wandering are over. God wants to do something fresh in your life. Let God take that prophetic promise, that dream, that call, that anointing, that assignment, and take it off the shelf and blow out all the cobwebs because God's word does not change. We change, but he never changes. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, one more time, give him praise. So, I ask myself the question, I ask myself, I talk to myself, just I got to do it alone because they might take me to one of those special hospitals in New York City and I'll have a white jacket on me. But I ask myself the question, how is it that 12 men can sit under the same teaching hear the same word, see the same miracles, and out of the ten, come back Joshua and Caleb and say, Moses, we can do it. There are problems. There are issues. It's all broke. Listen, our world, we know it's all broken. Every system is broken politically, socially, even spiritually, but Jesus is the answer. We're looking for revival at the White House Church. It begins at the church house, not at the White House. It begins with God's people. And we are the answer, the church of Jesus Christ. I was sharing with the folks last night, the church is not supposed to be a mausoleum, not supposed to be a museum or a monument. Let me ask you a question as I was sharing last night with them A wonderful couple, Jerry and Patty, and um, uh, whenever you're sick, just think about it. Whenever you're sick, you have a heart attack, uh, you are in a car wreck, and um, when you go to the emergency room, the doctors and nurses are there. Do they screen and say, oh, you're white? No, you you can't come. Or you're black? Or you can't speak English? Or you're from the Ukraine? Oh, no, we don't take people from, from South Africa. Everybody comes in to bring healing and wholeness. That's what the Church of Jesus Christ is all about. We're a hospital. God is healing us, saving us, putting us back together so we could be a doctor, we could be a nurse. We could be an EMT worker. We could be one that I was lost, but I was found. I was blind, but now I'm free. I'm not all that, but he is all that, and that's why I'm here by the grace of God. Hello, are you there? So I asked myself the question, what's the deal here? And so I want to give you four principles today as we close in this message. May it encourage you today. Chapter 14, and the answer to the difference between Joshua and Caleb and the other 10 spies is found in chapter 14. It says this, and verse 20, and the Lord, the Lord said, uh, verse 21 rather, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Do you believe that today? Amen. Because all those men, get this now, I thought, well, maybe maybe the reason why the 10 were a little bit anxious, fearful, shy, there was intrepidation. Maybe when God was performing his miracles, they were in the parking lot parking camels, but Joshua and Caleb saw the miracles. No, I don't, listen, I don't think so, because this is what the Bible says. It says, they saw my glory... They saw my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, but they have tested me ten times and have not hearkened unto my voice. Surely they shall not see the land. Are you kidding me? Guess what? Because I rebuff the Lord, I say, God, I don't think we can do it. It's impossible. And so we're blocking the blessing of God. But when we receive the word, guess what happens? He says... the, the, those that, that resisted, and their fathers, and their children, and their descendants, guess what? They're not going to be able to be blessed in the promised land, and, uh, it, but it says four things in chapter 14 of the book of Numbers, verse 24, four things, four pathways. Number one, but my servant Caleb, that's the first S, you know, we have the idea that only God can use people with an REV on the end. Oh, excuse me, don't forget the period. Reverends like that, period. Rev period. Or apostle, or prophet, whatever. Let me tell you something. All we need to do is just open up the windows of heaven and let God come and begin to use us. Jesus said, could you just give a cup of cold water in my name? People are hungry. People are waiting just to dinner just a handshake, just a hug, just a rake to help them rake their leaves, a shovel, a lawnmower. Do you know what that's going to do? It's going to unlock the windows of heaven, and God's going to come, and there's going to be a great encounter. One night, we were uh, in, uh, in Midtown Manhattan. We're coming up to the 59th Street Bridge. It's about midnight and we're ready to go over the bridge back to our campus in Queens. And I saw this homeless man, and uh, he's on a park bench. I said, Stop the van. And so we stopped the van, and he was sleeping. Uh, you're up by the East River. It was freezing, the wind blowing. It was like 30 below. We were even cold. He's laying there. We didn't know if he was dead or alive. And so we reached out, and I said, Hello, brother. And, he didn't, he didn't wake up, and so I, I know I'm just a laid-back person, but I, I used my preaching voice. He got up. He thought it was the Well, no, we're not the DEA, FBI. And I said, brother, I said, would you like some of our stuff? We had blankets, water, sandwiches, food, clothing. He said, I'll take all of this. And we gave it to him. He started to walk away. I said, brother, can we pray for you? He says, no. I said, brother any reason why we can't pray for you. He said, I'll tell you the reason why. He said, I was freezing my butt off on this park bench in midtown Manhattan. And I said, God, I can't take it anymore. So he says, you see this church across the street? I said, yes. He says, it happened to be open. And I went all the way down to the front. Nobody was there. I was calling on God. I said, God, I can't take this anymore. I need a warm blanket. I need some shoes. I need something to eat. I need something to drink. Preacher, I don't need your prayer because God already answered my prayer through you because you came. Serve the Lord with gladness. My servant, Caleb. You see, you may have a title at your job. You may have a title here at Zion Fellowship, but that's not who you are. That's your title. That's your function. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. That when you know that you're a servant of God, he said, you don't have to keep track. You don't have to keep count. Your left hand doesn't know what your right hand's doing. You just bless people in the name of Jesus, and now God begins to do something. If you go over to John chapter 2, the first miracle that Jesus performed was at a wedding, speaking about marriages, at a wedding. How many know we need Jesus in our marriages? Amen? And um, so you know the story. Him and his mother and his family were invited to the wedding, and uh, they run out of wine, and Mary gets a little bit in a tizzy fit. But anyway, God is still working, and he he said, Mama, it's, it's okay, it's okay. And uh, what do we got to do now? And so, you know the story, but the Bible says in John chapter 2, Mary turns to the servants and says to the servants, whatever he says to do, do it. I want to ask you today, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today about what to do? Man, i got to deal with my boss. I thank God for the weekend, but now i, I got to deal with this boss. He doesn't love Jesus. He's woke. He's liberal. He's, maybe you need to just start praying for him. Maybe you need to just bring him a Starbucks or her a Starbucks or, or, a, or a bagel with a cream cheese. Now you're really, really going to another level, right? And guess what? That's going to break down the barrier, I guarantee it. I've seen it so many times. And so Jesus says to the servants, not the guest. He says to the servant, Bring your water pot to me. You know our water pot is a lot of full of ourselves, but if we bring our water pot to Jesus. He said, fill it to the rim, fill it to the brim, bring it to me. And in the back room, you know the story, the water was turned into wine. Guess what? The servants not only saw the miracle, they tasted of the miracle. Stay in this church long enough, and you're going to not only see the miracle, you're going to taste of the miracle. Hello, are you there? That's why discouragement comes And people come into the church and they're giving themselves and so on and they're just on the, on the brink of a breakthrough, maybe serving in a department or an initiative of the church, and they get discouraged, and they say, I'm out of here, adios amigo, and somebody else comes to fill that role, and that other person, because the seed that was sown, they're the ones that are receiving the benefit, but if that person just would have stayed another day, another week, another month, gone to another service, had, had gone breakthrough in their life, they would have seen the miracle and the blessing. So, what does the Lord say to you today? Stay. Say it with me. Stay. Say it, your neighbor. Stay. And see God do something. Servants. Secondly, in our text, we go back to Numbers chapter 14, and it says not only a servant, but the Bible says... He had, says in verse 24 of numbers 14, "Because my servant Caleb, servant, because two, he had another spirit. Another spirit. Do we believe in the Holy Spirit? Oh, we've got the spirit. We got our services, our meetings, our this or that, three hots and a cot, three... Can we believe God to allow the work? Now, work of the Holy Spirit does not mean it's weird. Now we just run around and do... No, the Holy Spirit is at work, changing, transforming taking back cities and communities, taking back what the devil has stolen. It takes another spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to baptize you with that spirit. In Acts chapter 1, you're going to receive power dunamis. Oh, we need some dynamite in our marriages. We need some dynamite in our churches. We need some dynamite in our communities. What happened? God showed up. The Bible says Caleb had another spirit. One translation says he was different than all the other 12 spies. I don't want to just be an EF pastor or an EF missionary. I don't want to just be a common person. God wants to do something uncommon, unusual, over the top, unprecedented by the power of the Holy Spirit because we're God's people. Do you think God is common? He is uncommon. And he said, what's ever happening in heaven, let it happen on earth. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, church. Give Him praise in this house. Another spirit. I remember at our old campus, we had outgrown the old campus. We looked for this, looked for that, looked for a building across the street that wasn't working out. So, anyway, I, uh, I came on a Saturday night, Saturday Night Live, to my office about 7 o'clock at night. I rented two blocks away. At the end of August, that's when our summertime finishes, I just share this with you just to give you a just brief report. From May to August this year of 2023, we trained over 830 people in citywide mi- ministry Ninety-six times our food truck was deployed to feed and reach people. Our food mobile food truck fed 10,000 hot dogs, 1,300 sliders, 850 gallons of cold iced tea, 866 PB&J, and 1,350 quesadillas, and gave out almost 1,400 toiletry and hygiene kits to hurting people, all because of your prayers and your support. We give God praise for that. Amen. So, here I am back in 1997, and I'm there on a 7 o'clock at night, asked my staff, I said, how do we do? Oh, we did great, Uh, but uh, one of them said, you know, but we turned 300 people away from coming to Nice in this summer. I said, what did you do that for? That's not a good business plan. He said, we had no room. The building was filled to capacity. We were landlocked. We couldn't build nothing. I had that piece of paper. I'm walking up the street on 47th Street in Long Island City, Astoria, New York. Not Long Island. It's in the city. I go into my apartment, and I walk by the back entrance of this old abandoned hospital building. 74,000 square feet. It goes from block to block. was like David and Goliath, and I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the building, and I didn't rebuke the devil. I began to pray. I began to claim it for Jesus. Now guess what, there was all trash in the parking lot, has about 25 parking spaces, all trash, all dirt, all busted up, rats running everywhere, roaches all over the place. There was a, there was a Volkswagen, and it wasn't as nice as Herbie, and that was the landing pad for all New York City pigeons. You know what I mean. And I just, in the, between these bars, I saw stars. I saw God. Let me tell you something when God is in it, it takes another spirit. When God is in it, even pigeon poop looks anointed. <laughs> Hello, are you there? Oh you 're getting graphic that's it that's it i 'm from New York that's in the Bible. Jesus, a little graphic. And so I just began to pray. I said, God, would you not release this for your kingdom?" I went home, talked to my wife, we prayed about it four months later we 're going in the front of the building i 'm in my car, coming into my our old office at the old building, and we 're in traffic, and my wife at nine o'clock in the morning starts to beat on me. I mean, bless me, and I said, "Honey, what sort did I offend? No, no, I thought that the building it's for sale. Look at the sign. It's for sale. I never saw a sign where I was praying. It was on the other side of the building. And so, we start. I get me a piece of paper and a pen, and I start to write it down, and people are going like this, waving their hand behind me in traffic. I said, I see that hand. You may put it down. Anyway, began to write. I go into our building. They said, yes, it's for sale, $4 million. Hallelujah. That's why they call us Pentecostal Christians. That's the level of our faith. And so we found out that that was not the right price, Johnson & Johnson, the Band-Aid people owned the building. And they sold it to us for $3 million. And a year later, they said, we don't want to hold the mortgage any longer. And they wrote off $631,000 we owed on that mortgage. When we bought the building, hold steady, when we bought the building right after that, in January second, 1998, I heard a call come into the office. I received it from American Express. You know American Express, right? And on the West Side Highway, they said, you know what? we're renovating our corporate offices, we heard you bought this new campus, and we have enough commercial carpet, it's like brand new, you can have it and fill all those old hospital rooms that you're converting into dormitories. We have about 80 of them. I said, awesome. I'll be there tomorrow with my crew, myself, with the rider trucks. How many do I bring? Oh, no, 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 Reverend, you can't. I said, you just said we could have it. No, our our code says, if you want it, we have to hand deliver it to your door. Thank you, Jesus. My back just got healed in the name of Jesus. Then King's College called us. And they said, guess what? We're moving our campus from Briarcliff Manor into lower Manhattan, and we don't need all this stuff in the dorm rooms. And we heard about your growth in your campus. Would you like all the bunk beds? Would you like the matching desks? Would you like the matching chairs? Would you like the matching mirrors? Are you kidding me today? It takes another spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we're saying, oh, Jesus, this is too much. And then a brother I called from Connecticut. He comes, Gary, and I said, we need to get a, a workplace here in our basement. We work uh, Friday, Saturday, and half a day Sunday. Is it okay, pastor? We worked on the Lord's Day. Okay, and I got an absolution. And, and so uh, we said goodbye, blessed him, and I mean, it, it, was, it was a mess, I mean, when we bought the building, when we came in to check the campus out, we pressed the button on the elevator, and all the toilets flushed. (laughs) We had 55 inhabitants living in the building. Three were human. The rest were pigeons up on the fourth floor. They didn't pay much rent, but they dropped the load, if you know what I mean. The water meter ran in reverse for two years. I'm dealing with the water board of the New York City and uh, we're getting all these inflated bills, and we keep paying an escrow, and escrow. And I called them, so they brought one senior to finally the fifth senior inspector. He looks down at the water meter; it's running in reverse. I mean, I, I, I listen. I, I'm a simple person, but I know when something's going down. And he says, Reverend, you have a problem. I said, Oh, thank God for revelation and they gave us a 24,000 credit on our water bill. Are you here today? Maybe it's one year, two years, three years. Don't give up. Don't let up. Don't shut up. It takes another spirit. Devil, you're not going to take my son. You're not going to take my daughter. You're not going to take my grandkids. I don't care what woke says. I don't care what the government says. He says the government shall be upon my shoulders, and we're going to believe God in the name of Jesus. It takes. Another spirit. So we started to clean up the build. Oh, so this guy, Gary Moore, he comes and he's leaving and he comes back. I said, Gary, what happened? He said, I have to tell you, I've been here all weekend. I mean, it was bad. There was dust, there was grime. I mean, the rats were so big we didn't need vans, Pastor Mark. We could just put the team members on the rats and go minister to hurting people. The cucarachas were like on steroids, cockroaches, and it's no longer there. We moved it out. So, I said, uh, said, Gary, why are you coming back? He said, the Holy Spirit. I said, what did he say? The Holy Spirit said that I'm supposed to come back. He's from Connecticut. He said, I'm supposed to come back with a work team every six weeks until this building is completely renovated with skilled workers, carpenters, contractors, free of charge. You raise the money for the materials, and we will come. And he's brought over 500 men. How does that happen? When you take a step of faith, God will open the windows of heaven There's no difference between you. I'm not any better than you are. But the Bible says in Ezekiel 22:30, he said, I sought for a man among them who would stand in the gap, who would be the one to build up the hedge. And God is looking. He's saying, what about you? Well, you know, I can't do this. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Hallelujah. It takes another spirit. We started to clean up the building. I'm on a ladder. We bought the building in January. We had to hurry up and paint. I think some roaches. We just painted on the wall. We were so hurry, in a hurry, and uh, help keep the paint on the wall. Good new. That's New York City plaster, and. Uh, so we bought in January, we had said yes to Campus Crusade, 30 of their students came in, they, we just housed them, and we had this uh, preacher from New York City, well-known, PhD, doctorate, Uh, He's got masters, D, 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 D. I'm just D Aruda, but he's got more Ds. and, And so he comes in, wonderful brother, and he comes in with his black Bible, Thompson chain, red letter edition, gold leaf on the outside, comes in very ministerial. And he sees this building that's all bombed out, and he sees me on a ladder with our other guys, and, oh, God bless you, Peter, and he's on his way. And never saw him in a whole year. The following year, of course, we made great progress on the building. And uh, so, again, we had campus crusade students in March. So, they called this same preacher in. He comes with the same black Bible, red letter edition, gold leaf on the outside, sees me on a ladder, and he says, Peter, you know uh, what? Could you come down from that ladder? Sort of like Jesus said to Zacchaeus. I said, Okay, I'm coming down. He said, My brother, I need to ask for your forgiveness. I said, well, I, I forgive you, brother. I don't know what I'm forgiving you for, but uh, I forgive you. I hope I didn't offend you. He said, no, no, no. He said, you know what? I heard when I was in Manhattan in my church that Nysa moved from a 14,000 square foot building to a 74,000 square foot hospital. We say it's the mouse that ate the elephant. Uh, that, anyway, you can get it. You, you, you can figure that out at lunchtime. Anyway, and... Uh, he said, I was so excited a year ago for you, but then I came to this campus and I saw it was in a mess of disarray. And, and, and the reason why I'm coming to you today and asking for forgiveness is because I said to myself a year ago, intellectually speaking, these people are crazy. But he said, I come back a year later and I see, look what the Lord has done. Are you with me today? Never negotiate the vision. Never negotiate what God says. You can negotiate the timetable, but if it's today, tomorrow, by the grace of God, his vision shall not lie. It shall come to pass. Can I get a witness? Another spirit. I shouldn't be here today. I'm serious, I should not be here today. I know we got it on the calendar. I'm saying I shouldn't even be here today. I'm from Massachusetts. We come from a religious background but didn't know Jesus in the charismatic movement. And um, even earlier than that, when I was in uh, the lower grades, uh, my family knew God but didn't know Jesus. The principal and teacher called my parents, and they said, we need to have a meeting with you because your son has learning disorders. Now you know my issues. Pray for me. Anyway, some of my staff still feel that way, but I pray for them. I pray for all sinners. And uh, so they had this big powwow, and so my parents begged them, please don't keep him back. So they said, well, if you want him to go to the next level, we have to send him to Boston Children's Hospital to be checked out by a clinical psychologist. So about a week later, get in the car, mom and dad, very quiet, going up there to Boston. And uh, I didn't know if I was going to see Dr. Kevorkian or what. I mean, it was really some, some it, this, this was a trip and so I'm there, and uh, I get into the office, and then the, the doctor, he, he does all the reflexes, you know, and he checks in here. He didn't find much there. He checks in here. Didn't find anything in there. And then, okay, who are you? What it's about? Okay, gives, throws a book in front of me. Read this, two, uh, two or three uh, uh, pages. And then in, in front of my parents and the doctor, I mean, I'm like under a Hubble telescope. Really, dude? Are you kidding me? And he says, what does it mean? I'm like, a hum nah hum na, I was speaking in tongues even as a kid, anyway. So, so I don't know, I gave him some sort of snow job or whatever, and, and, and then they talked to me and they, they said, okay, you gotta step out, and then the doctor and my mom and dad are in there back and forth pa-pa-pa-pa for about 30 minutes, then come out, and then we went back home to southern Massachusetts. You could hear a pin drop in the car. Finally, after about 15 minutes, okay, Dad, what what did the doctor say? And uh, Dad's saying, well, uh, I said, Dad, just tell me. He said, well, the doctor said, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dearuda, you have a nice, wonderful son, but he's never going to make any difference on earth. He's got to be a nothing. But let me tell you something. Maybe somebody told you that. A doctor, a lawyer, your uncle, your grandmother, your mother, your father, I'm here to tell you today, you got to get that under your feet in the name of Jesus. Not Not soon after that, we heard about the Lord. We got saved. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, graduated from high school in honors, went on to college, went on to Bible school, and here I'm leading a ministry in New York City Where our campus is worth today on the market over $30 million, church, it takes another spirit, the Holy Spirit. I say that with all humility. It's only Jesus. Quickly, as we close, preachers close several times. I've already closed too many. Number three, quickly, Caleb has followed me fully. In other words, one, one translation says wholeheartedly, 100%. Number three is surrender. One day I'm sitting in our living room with my wife and we're watching TV and I reached over and I talked to her. I said, honey, give me the control. I mean, excuse me, the remote control. We, 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 we're, 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 we're addicted to control. Control this, control that control everything. He's not called us to be control freaks. He's called us to be inspired and touched by the Holy Spirit. Let go and let God do his thing. Hallelujah. And as we took a step of faith in that buying that hospital, the miracle of God came for it, it was like a reservoir. And God wants to do the same thing in you. Quickly, as I close, maybe we could have the worship team come. And um, we're in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, having this street meeting, working with the Bowery Mission. They brought the soup. We brought the truck. We brought the students, the sound, and here we are. We're out there ministering. And there's a big, big plaza, and there's a big in the Lower East Side on Houston and Allen. And all people started coming out, hearing the gospel, being fed. People are getting saved. They're getting encouraged. People that are broken now are being healed by the power of God right before us. And all of a sudden, this woman comes up to me. I'm on the truck. This woman gets in my grill, and she says, turn the music down. Isn't a great servant, Jesus? And so I said, okay, God bless you. And Uh, We turned it down a little bit, and about 15 minutes later, she comes and gets in my grill with an NYPD officer, and the officer says, you can't be here. I said, excuse me? No, he says, you have to move it or lose it, preacher. So, I I went into our truck, and I said, just one minute, officer, went into our truck, and I came out with this uh, letter. With the NYPD logo on it, and it had a sign. We have a signed letter from his commanding officer that we could be here every Tuesday and Thursday. He said, "Officer," I said, "Officer, it's signed by your CO, your commanding officer." He says, "I don't care if the Pope signed it, move it or lose it." it was like, "Whoa!" So I didn't feel that the Lord wanted me to start my prison ministry that day. So. So you could start to play a little bit. So I I felt the deep leading of the Lord to move. I said, where do I move? He said, one block down the road. I said, officer, that's a bus stop. He said, exactly, put it in the bus stop. Every bus driver that came by, I think their wife must have burnt their toast because they were... They were, they were screeching their brakes, and then they would leave, and they would gas it. It was Shekinah, but not glory, you know, all the, anyway. And so we're down there. We open up the truck. We have a team from Virginia, great worship team, but they, that was the saddest worship. We left as, a, we, we went into that outreach as a hero, and we left as a zero. I mean, we're all depressed. They're singing. Even the rocks wanted to cry out. It was so bad. They got off the platform, I got up, I got up to preach, and I'm I'm looking down the road where we were, where God was moving, where signs and wonders were happening. The Lord says, what are you doing? Well, uh, the Lord says, will you just surrender? Will you just give it up? Give it up, Peter. I got something else I'm going to do. Just let it go. What's your problem? we, We are so complicated, right? I said, well, Lord, the Lord said to me, just surrender. I'm going to do something fresh and new. I said, well, Lord, I don't see it. He said, that's why you need to surrender. I said, okay, Lord. You know, we we, we look at the world. Guess what? The world and God is waiting on us. And so I said, okay, Lord. Now, I've preached in crusades in India, 30,000 people, powerful, awesome. Over at this this other place, was a big plaza. When we get down the road, there was a street, there was a sidewalk, and where these two wonderful people are, there's a massive building. Now this is 2:30 in the afternoon in, in Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's the city that never sleeps, right? Nobody's there. Everybody's down the road. Nobody's here. There's no dogs. There's no rats. There's no roaches. There's no people at 2.30 in the afternoon. I said, Lord, really? He said, didn't I say, surrender? I said, okay. So I lifted up my Bible, and I began to preach like it was at that crusade in India. And I'm preaching. God bless you. That's an amen. Confirmation. I'm preaching and preaching, and nothing's happening. And I just begin to preach more. And all of a sudden, this woman out of the corner of my left eye, I don't know where she came from. She comes down on the concrete. Crete never happened in 40 years of my ministry until then, and lifts up her hands in the middle of my message and says, I want Jesus as my Savior. Hallelujah. Weeping, weeping, uncontrollably weeping under the power of God. We went and we prayed with her. And uh, so she She says, now I can go to church with my, say, brother and my my sister-in-law on Sunday. She's just weeping uncontrollably. It was a God moment. And I said, how did you hear about us? We're not even supposed to be here. We're supposed to be down the road. Oh, no, 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 pastor. You're supposed to be here. I said, why do you say that? She says, You see this apartment building behind me? I said, Yes. She says, I've been up in my apartment building for the last three months. I have been so depressed. In just about 10 minutes before you came, I was ready to commit suicide, but I heard your singing and your preaching, and I came down to give my life to Jesus Christ. I was not moving. That woman, she was not going to move me, but guess what? God brought an NYPD officer to move us into our destiny. I thought it was the enemy, but God was moving. Would you stand to your feet? The last S is this. God said to Caleb, your seed is going to inherit the promise and the blessing of God. I don't know about you. I want to be so obedient to God. I don't want to block the blessing of God on my life, and I don't want to block the blessing of God on my children, on my children's children, and the next generation. Are you with me today? Can I hear some love in the house today? As we pray. The title of this message is Reclaiming Cities for Christ. Rochester Needs Jesus, Canandaigua, Naples, Henrietta. Can we believe God together? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And maybe you've been tramped upon. You've been spit upon, maybe by your own, maybe by a brother, a sister, a family member, a loved one, a person in your college or your job. You're nothing. You're zero. But God will take us from a zero, and he'll make us a hero for his glory. Hallelujah. We're going to sing whatever they are leading us, and going to turn it over to Pastor in just a moment. But I just feel today, if if that's you today, you just say, Lord, I want to go to another level. I want to give you the control. I want to surrender. I don't want to move by my own spirit. I want to move by the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I say this humbly. I have some pastors, not all, but some pastors come. They got a little storefront in New York City and they come to me and they say, They look at our campus. Nobody owns buildings in New York, it's too expensive. And they say, what is your business plan? How did you pull it off? Everybody look up here. And I get on my hands and knees without arrogance. I just say, I study neology. I come before God. I love what Pastor Mark said about that conference. It's all about God. Would you just come right now and... Maybe you just want to take a step and say, God, I don't know what you want to do during Thanksgiving, during Christmas, as we go into a new year. Pastor Mark's got to lay out some I know fresh vision. But where does it begin? Surrender. Surrender. Say, Lord, today surrender. We surrender to you. I need another spirit. I'm not smart enough, bright enough, good enough. But I know you have the Holy Spirit that is now going to come and help me dream again, believe again, love again, serve again as they just lead us in this song. Come on, would you just come right out right now? Come on, come on. Maybe some pastor hurt you, some elder offended you. Do you know if you hold on to that stuff, it's going to block the blessing and the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Let's just take a few minutes right now and just come before Jesus. Come on, church, come close, come close to the altar, come close. Let's make room, let's make room. You wanna sit, you wanna kneel, you wanna stand, that's between you and the Lord. But God is looking for, He's not looking for perfect people. He knows we're not perfect. But He's gonna take us as clay vessels and now deposit His blessing. His calling, his anointing. And say, God, whatever you want to do. As Mary said, whatever he says to do, what? Do it. Say it with me. Do it. Come on, let's just worship for a few moments. You can go to the back after the service. There's some information about our ministry. But it's not about nice. It's all about God. Come on, let's just begin to reach out to him today and say, God, would you help us? Go ahead, lead us in the song. You are a